No one can make you feel inferior without your consent. This is reportedly a quote from Eleanor Roosevelt. But was she right? This is the Prepare for Awesome podcast where we educate, inspire, motivate and empower you to strive higher, push further, give more, do more, be more as you become all you possibly can be. It's the science of motivation. Hi everyone, this is uh, the Prepare for Awesome podcast episode 3. My name is Vic Williams and I'll be your host for the next 20 to 30 minutes as I share with you some ideas that are designed to educate you, inspire you, motivate you, and empower you in your daily life. On today's show, we'll be talking about how you can deal with the feeling of being inferior, or that inferiority feeling, particularly uh, if that feeling is driven by somebody else, you know, somebody else making you feel inferior. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. But before we get started with today's episode, I really would like your feedback and interaction. Uh, we've been having some great feedback from people, uh, some comments, some uh, things that's been coming through to us on email, and it's really great. And I like that to continue. But part of that process is it would be great if you could give us a review on iTunes. Um, as I've said previously, I would, of course, prefer a five-star review, but a review is valuable for me because it gives me an understanding of who's listening, why you're listening, and the information you're getting and how it's impacting you. Uh, the same is true with the feedback. You know, if you send me an email and um, that email tells me how you're feeling and what you're doing and what you're up to, hey, that's great. So if you could do that, but as I said, if you can go along to iTunes and leave us a five-star review, that'll be brilliant. And again, if you don't know how to do that, uh, there is a link at the bottom in the show notes uh, you can just click on that link and it'll take you through to a page that'll tell you how to do that. And the reason for uh, the uh, me wanting those five-star reviews is it helps to give more momentum uh, to the show and gets the message out to a wider audience. So I'd be really grateful if you would do that. That's fantastic. So let's get right into it. No one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Now this quote is ascribed to Eleanor Roosevelt, but the question is, was she right? The question is not whether she was actually the one that said it, whether it was her, she was the uh, the wife of late US President uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Um, so the, the question is not really whether it was her that made the comment, but whether the comment is right. The question is not about the veracity of the comment uh, or the quote, but rather about the validity of the quote or the comment. Do you believe it is true? Uh, if you assume the quote is from Eleanor Roosevelt, one that she actually made, I think it's important then to understand a little bit about her and understand why it is really possible that she made that kind of comment or a comment similar to that, which um, maybe has been changed uh, by other people. So, who was Eleanor Roosevelt and, and what is her history? Because uh, I think it'll give some understanding to the, the quote itself. So he has a very brief overview. Now, it's not a history lesson, but it kind of gives um, an understanding of the person themselves. She was a very shy child. Um, 
who had lost both of her parents in early age and was raised by her grandmother. Her grandmother sent her to an academy in London called uh, Allen Wood, uh, which was supposed to help her mature and become a young lady, as, as they were in those days. I mean, that was the late 1800s, early 1900s, and she wanted her uh, granddaughter to become a lady. At the school, Eleanor began discovering herself and began to thrive um, as a responsible young lady and, and somebody that was going to be part of the community. However, a lot of that changed after she met um, FDR, her husband, uh, because the couple moved in with his mother, her mother-in-law, who was a, an extremely forceful and manipulative, domineering type of person. She never let, liked Eleanor from the beginning and thought that the marriage was wrong for her son. Her, in her head, she had this idea that this marriage was going to fail. Now, I can kind of relate to that because when I got married um, way back, as my wife always says, long before fax machines, um, my mother um, and, and some of my other family members never thought my marriage would last. And as a result, we had a lot of pressure from family because they didn't think this marriage would last. And, and well, we've been married now almost 25 years. So kind of they were wrong. And, and in Eleanor's case, they were wrong too. Because as we know, she was married to him until he died in 1945. But in this place of living with her mother-in-law, she was made to feel absolutely useless around the home. And she had no independence of her own. Uh, so for the first 10 years of her marriage, her only responsibility was to give birth, fall pregnant, give birth, and then raise the children. That was it. Um, and then on top of that, she had to deal with her husband who was cheating on her. Her feeling towards herself in that first 10 years of marriage can only be said to be kind of bargain basement. Um, she was left to feel inferior by everybody around her. Her husband, her mother-in-law, probably even the, the people that worked in their house made her feel inferior because she had no responsibility. She was probably treated as like some kind of dumb female who wasn't able to do anything. And, and that's, not a, that's not being derogatory towards women. It's just I'm trying to explain um, possibly how they made her feel. So every way conceivable, she was being... Uh, driven almost by other people's opinions to feel inferior. Now, in the last episode of the podcast, I spoke uh, about that feeling of life just happening to you. It's just, you know, you seem to be out of control. And I, I think this is kind of the place where she was at, you know. Life was happening to her, and she was along for a ride, almost like a passenger um, in a... In a uh, I don't know, in some kind of uh, weird ride where she had no control at all and it was just going along at a pace that she couldn't even cope with. Um, so she was, she was really in a nightmare position. And I know there's lots of people listening to this podcast right now who feel that way, who feel that people around them have made them feel inferior by their words, by their actions, by their just their, their presence have made you feel inferior. You can identify with Eleanor Roosevelt where she was. Made to feel inferior by her husband, his lover, her, her mother-in-law. But then there came a shift. In her mid-30s, 
It seems like she made a decision to take control of her life and steer it in a direction that she wanted to go. She decided enough is enough. This was kind of game over. She was, she was bringing this to a close. And she be, begins to rediscover her own independence and her voice. She be, begins to rediscover her strength and stops bowing down to her mother-in-law. And we can see this as things change. Now, she always remained loyal to her husband, despite his um, relationships <laughs> with other women. She begins to discover, even though remaining loyal to him, she begins to discover her voice. And she becomes a particularly vocal public presence and speaks on issues around uh, children's rights, women's causes. And she also works really, really hard on behalf of an organization called the League of women voters. And then she writes a regular column in a newspaper and a magazine. 1933, when she entered into the White House with her husband, it was expected of her to react and respond in a particular way. You know, none of the previous wives of, of presidents had much impact on the nation, much impact on the White House, much impact on anything really. But Eleanor decided to redefine the role of the first lady, of the president's wife. And she was going to grab this thing and give it a good shake. And she lived it out quite dynamically. She was determined to add value to everything she did and not to die unfulfilled. She'd seen her grandmother die as a woman who had not uh, fulfilled her full potential in her life. And she was determined not to do the same. And it's quite a dramatic turnaround when you look at the history. And you see, she had unconsciously given other people permission to make her feel inferior to them by her own attitude and lack of action. Her mother-in-law, her husband, and I guess to a degree society at large with its precedence about women and their role in society had all conspired to make her feel inferior um, and she'd given consent to that by not saying, actually, hang on, stop, this is, we're stopping this thing here. But eventually she got to that point where she said, this far, no further. I'm not going to fit into these norms. I'm not going to be this person that you think I should be. I'm going to be the person that I need to be. I, I'm going to be the person that I want to be. I'm going to be the person that I know I can be. So here's the thing. Nothing hinders your achievement, your personal growth, your accomplishments, or your success like the feeling of inferiority towards a person, towards yourself, towards your job. If you're in your job and you're feeling inferior to your colleagues, it will hinder your achievement, your progress, your accomplishments, your promotion. If you're self-employed but you feel inferior to your competitors, it'll hold your business back from growing from developing, from becoming the, the thing it can possibly be. If you, um, I don't know, feel inferior to your uh, elder brothers or older brother and sister or, or younger brother and sister, or you feel inferior because of the way they're accomplishing things, then it'll hold you back from accomplishing things, from being the person you can be. Now, the question then is, where does this come from? What is the source of its power? Think of this. We don't see any babies born with the natural 
ability to feel inferior or superior to another person. In spite of the differing circumstances they may be raised in. Inferiority is an acquired or a learned, deep-seated sense of feeling worthless, incapable of being better, not good enough to measure up to the expectations of other people. And it can be a persistent feeling, whether real or imaginary, it is connected to uh, some kind of shortcoming perceived or otherwise in physical appearance, in intelligence, financial status, stature, education, social standing, all those different things conspire, as I said, whether real or imaginary, to make a person feel, make you feel inferior to somebody else or to a set of circumstances. There's many occasions that I've gone to um, a hospital when uh, a friend has has had a baby. And I've often gone to look at these kids, uh, obviously most of the time with the parents, but sometimes on my own, just gone and looked through the nursery window at these, at the, at these beautiful babies. And I've looked at, at their kid and I've thought, so what are you going to become? What is, what is your destiny? What is laid out there in front of you? What are you going to grab hold of to, yeah, to, to ch- change the world, to set people alight in terms of their ability to become something. You know, what are you going to become? But more than that, I've often thought to myself, these guys don't know. I mean, they're laying there in their cot all wrapped up. Um, They don't know whether they're black or white. They don't know they're male or female. They they don't know if they're American, British, Japanese, Chinese, uh, South African, Mongol. It doesn't matter. They don't know. And here's a fact, they don't care. At that point, all they want is food and sleep. Yeah, Feed me, leave me alone. I want to sleep. Um, feed me again, leave me alone. Clean me. That's all they care about. They don't know whether they're going to turn out to be a doctor, an engineer, or a thief. Um, they may become a billionaire tycoon, a racing driver, or a street sweeper. You see, all these things have to be learned. Your place in society has to be learned. The expectations of who you are and what you will become are all learned. And so is inferiority. Whether these are learned through your family or through the education system or society in general, they are learned. Now, if we look way back to ancient uh, Greece, you had a lot of uh, social classes. um, And these social classes were well-structured and really strictly adhered to. So in Greece, you basically had um, four classes of, of, in society, four classes of people. And uh, that was your lot, full life. Uh, that's where you were born and that's where you would die, in that structure. Uh, and there was very little you could do about it to move up to the next class. At the bottom of the pile were slaves and prisoners of war who were bought and sold at will by their masters, And they were seen as inferior to everyone else. So from the time they became a slave, they were told and taught that they're inferior. They're at the bottom of the pile. And that inferiority uh, was was reinforced constantly and often brutally. In fact, um, they were treated as lower than domestic animals. Next in in the sort of social structure came women and female children. Above that was male children and finally 
adult males. And all along the way, the classes or the class above showed the, their, their, their standing through their clothing and their living quarters, um, all of which designed to give them a superior stat status or stature and authority. But children had to learn to fit into the system, to grow to believe it, and then live within the confines. They did not arrive on this planet when they were born with that natural inclination to go, well, I'm going to be a slave, or I'm going to be the prime minister, or the whatever they called it in, that, in, in, in ancient Greece. They didn't have that ability. So they had to learn it, and they had to fit into the confines of that space. And to some degree, nowadays, we have the same problem. And it's been like that throughout history. I mean, you look at ancient Rome, through the Victorian era, through, I don't know, even in the 60s and 70s, and even today, there are sort of categories within society. And those have to be learned parts of these structures we still see. For example, uh, statistics show us that women on average earn 20 to 30 percent less than their male colleagues, even if they have the same qualifications and experience. We see uh, the class system in various schooling, in housing, in attitudes. Now, I, I, it really bugs the living daylights out of me that women are as I said just now, 20 to 30 percent less than their male colleagues, even if they've got the same qualifications and experience. I think that is an utter disgrace, but it's historical. It's that's where it's come from, this whole class system. And it's made it's designed to make certain people feel inferior to other people. And it's wrong. So think of this. The people and the environment around us are the people and the environment that cause the inferiority. Just like Eleanor um, was made to feel inferior by her mother-in-law, you and I learn that feeling of inferiority through the words, actions, and attitudes of other people. Just like in ancient Greece, where sle uh, slaves were told they were inferior, they were beaten until they accepted it, and the attitudes of people around them, including other slaves, confirmed it. And that's the same today. You are, whatever you do, there's always somebody above you who's trying to tell you to stay where you are. If the words and actions and attitudes of the person, um, I don't know, your father, your mother, uh, uh, later on in, in, um, in work, a work colleague or a friend or an acquaintance, are repeated often enough, they can influence us and can create that feeling of uh, inferiority. A lifetime of being told you're not good enough will cause you to believe it eventually. The fact is, though, that many people don't realize that they have allowed themselves to become trapped in this box of inferiority. The process of getting out of that place because they've allowed that, I don't know, they've allowed that situation to develop. The process seems so difficult to get out of that place. So what can you do about it? Well, it may surprise you to discover that you are actually in control of how you feel. And you're in control of the causes of those feelings. So, for example, if someone says to you, you are so stupid, you need to understand that there's two things going on here, which you need to separate from each other. Firstly, there's the person who has insulted you or said the words. 
And secondly, there is your feeling. Spoken words from somebody else you can't do much about. They, they've been said, they can't be taken back, they're out there, they do what they have to do. But what you can do is about the way you feel. So this is the second part. You know how you feel. And that is your thing. You, by conditioning or by decision, have made a choice to feel inferior, to feel insulted, to feel demeaned. Now, it's, it's been conditioned over years. Whether you make a conscious choice or not, um, you may, make an, may have made an unconscious choice. That feeling is within your power to determine. Now, let's face it though, most things that are said um, which give you the feeling of inferiority are said by people who are not close to you um, and they don't really care about the best for you. These things are mostly said by people who may not know you well or they've got an axe to grind against you. Uh, or they think they're perfect and they can do no wrong. And you already know this fact. But generally, these things are said by people who don't want other people to see their own shortcomings. So they try to highlight yours. If somebody says to you, you're stupid, it's possible, it's probable, it's highly likely that they try to hide their own shortcomings. So they try to project that onto other people so nobody looks at them. So now you've considered the source of these things, it gives rise to those feelings of inferiority. You can begin to take control of those thoughts. You understand where they come from. You can now take control of them and you can decide how those things are going to affect you going forward. I remember very little about Shakespeare. Actually, I know very little about Shakespeare uh, or any of his works from my school days. Um, but I remember one quote and... It turns out it comes from Roman and, uh, uh, Romeo and Juliet. I can't even say it properly today. Romeo and Juliet. Uh, and I asked my great and, and knowledgeable friend, um, Mr. Google. And I've discovered that it comes from Romeo and Juliet, Act 2, Scene 2. Now, whatever that means, I don't know. I'm not into plays and I've never been into Shakespeare. But there's this quote that really stuck in my head. And the quote is, what is in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. So ask yourself the question, is it true what is being said? Or if it's an attitude which has given rise to that feeling, stop, breathe and take control of your thoughts. You can choose to act differently and you can choose to feel differently. If whatever's being said is not true, then you've nothing to feel inferior about. As you train yourself to understand, you can control how you feel. No matter what words people use towards you, you will always smell as sweet. Does that make sense? I hope, that, I hope you get what I'm saying there. Whatever names they call you, you still are who you are. And if you're constantly striving to get better, to make yourself better, to grow, to learn, to discover more, then you're still the person you are, just a growing person. As you take more and more control of your thoughts, the inferiority feelings begin to diminish. And the more you do it, you'll begin to believe in yourself and your qualities. And very soon, a whole new life will lay ahead of you. Obviously, the older you get, and the more things people have said about you, the more difficult it is to overcome. But it's worth it. It's never too late to turn it all around 
and find a new perspective on who you are and what your abilities are and how you can change other people's lives. So my challenge to you this week, when somebody tries to belittle you or make you feel inferior by their words or their actions, or you feel inferior, you feel that, that growing sense of inferiority, ask yourself, is what being, is being said true? Or if it's an attitude, check the source. Ask yourself, what is the reason behind that attitude and how can I confront it? So that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. It's been great chatting with you today. And I look forward to doing this again in the next episode. Don't forget that you can find the show notes uh, below this uh, recording or <clears throat> on our website. I'll put the link uh, below the, the recording. I do value your interest and your support and would love to hear from you. So if you're listening to this podcast on a Mac or a PC, please click on the bar to the left or the right, depending on how the page is set up for you. And you should find an email link. Send me an email with your, uh, your testimony and your story. It'll be great to hear from you. You can also go over to my LinkedIn profile and get connected there. And you can send me messages on LinkedIn as well. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. And I'll put all those links in the show notes so that you can connect to all those various things. Again, it would be great if you'd go over to Apple iTunes and leave us a review, or I think it's called now iTunes Podcast or Apple Podcast, something like that. But I'll put the link below. Uh, go around there, leave us a five-star review, and uh, help the show to grow and get out to more people. It would be great if you'd do that. I thank you again for your time today uh, and look forward to chatting with you in the next episode. Trust you have a great day going forward. And remember to be awesome today.